the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Sorry for the long intro. Some days that's how I like to roll. Um, let's do a quick thought. Stocks hit record highs. Congress confirmed the election of Joe Biden as president. NASDAQ tops 13,000 for the first time. The S&P 500 advanced over 3,800 for the first time. How is this possible in the face of a pandemic and a hotly contested presidential election, which culminated yesterday with, for lack of a better phrase, invasion of the Capitol building? I don't know how that made you feel. To me, it was one of those days where you just sit down and flip through the news. You go, let's go see how Fox is handling this. Let's go see how our local station's handling this. Let's go see how MSNBC is handling this. Let's go see how CNN is handling this. And to be honest with you, you get tired of it and you say, let's go see how Twitter's handling this. Let's go see what my friends on Facebook are handling this. Let's go see what uh, Instagram, because Instagram, I feel like it's a softer, kinder, gentler social media. <laughs> oh boy, am I wrong with that after yesterday. So it's interesting that I'm lumping Twitter, Facebook, Instagram into the news first. But do you know who broke the news that Osama bin Laden had been killed? Twitter. After 9-11, I learned Twitter was a, a great source for finding news stories and feeds from CNN and ABC and uh, whoever it is that you think is news. Social media had a weird day yesterday. We'll talk about that in a second. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Alphabet, all big winners today. The markets are up today, not as much as yesterday, but that's also a, a factor. Yesterday was a big day. Sometimes after a big meal, you're like, you know, for dessert, I'm just going to have a small piece of apple pie. Today is a small piece of apple pie. We had Thanksgiving yesterday. Musk is over. Elon Musk has overtaken Jeff Bezos as the world's richest person. I saw one analyst say yesterday that I could see Tesla worth a trillion dollars. That means it could still go up four times. Easy. When you see the electric vehicle market at two to three percent U.S. owned, and you see a president and governor of California say electric vehicles are important to our future. Whether it be 2030 or 2035, that's not that long. So there's a lot of stories out there today. Congress has confirmed Biden's win. Trump vows an orderly transition today on someone else's Twitter account, Dan Scavino. In large part because his Twitter account was frozen. He probably went to his staff and said, who's got the most amount of followers? Let's send it out. The story that you won't hear today J.P. Morgan Chase is up four and a half, five percent upgraded to buy Bank of America. That's one of the best stories on Wall Street today. 
it's telling you that J.P. Morgan Chase is doing A-OK. And when your banks do good, your economy does well. When your economy does well, people have jobs. When people have jobs, they go out and support the economy. When the economy support it, it does well and Wall Street does well. Huh. Jobless claims dropped a little but remain high. We need stimulus. Whether you like it or not, we need stimulus. Whether you're a fiscal conservative or not, we need stimulus. Um, how it is, that's the, the damnation game. Do you give people checks? Do you uh, say, hey, if you want to go build a road, we'll pay you? Do you want to? I don't know how you distribute it, but the government needs to step up. And they are. Eh, $600 stimulus check isn't the biggest amount. If you live in California, New York, or any major ca- uh, city in the United States, $600 isn't rent, let alone groceries, let alone phone bills. Democrats win the Georgia Senate, which means more stimulus checks very likely to be thought up by Congress and the president in 2021-2022. Higher taxes for corporations. I don't know if you have enough of a majority to pull that one off. But maybe. Record number of people died yesterday of COVID over the last two days. This is a stark reminder that We're still kind of on a lockdown. We're still kind of worried. We're still not going out there and going to movie theaters and going to Hawaii and getting on flights uh, to the tune of 50 to 60% less than this time last year. Big loser yesterday was Twitter and Facebook. They tried to use Band-Aids to stop disinformation or information that was counterintuitive to the health of public citizens. Twitter, Facebook, and Alphabet's YouTube spent yesterday blocking, deleting, temporary, uh, shutting down Trump's account, of which, for the record, I think one of the more interesting stories is uh, Donald Trump's going to lose the POTUS, the president of the United States, Twitter account. How is he going to replace those 80 million, how shall we say, uh, media recipients? Which, again, brings us to the power of Twitter and Facebook. When we look at the United States and we say the Super Bowl pulls in 100 million eyeballs and those advertisers paying for those 100 million eyeballs, it tells you the power of Twitter and Facebook when you have, in Facebook's case, billions of users and Twitter hundreds of millions of users um, and advertisers that want access to targeted audiences. And I don't know what the target audience is of a fiscal conservative or a Democrat or a socialist or, you know, maybe socialist you want to sell farming equipment to. So I don't know. I'm trying to be snarky here and it's not coming out. Maybe fiscal conservatives you want to sell piggy banks to. I don't know. But advertisers love, you know, hey, I make a piggy bank. I want to sell it to someone who's going to buy it, not just, you know, a lot of spots and dots, so to speak. Let's take a look at the markets today. We're doing well. Um, Stocks jump after Congress certifies Biden. Foreign governments are perceiving the capital breach in funny ways yesterday. And again, shows you the power of Twitter. I saw Angela Merkel tweet, I guarantee you, when it comes for my transition of power, it will be a lot less dramatic. And I'm like, that German's got a sense of humor. Germans aren't known for their sense of humor, unless you're known as Schultz from Hogan's Hero. He was a funny one, but Germans historically aren't known for their senses of humor, right? 
So that's one of the things that we're going to suffer a little bit from. As a country, we are known for our strong democracy, our Bill of Rights. And yesterday was kind of a repudiation of that. Yesterday was a little bit of anarchy. Not crazy. Thank goodness it wasn't a Red Dawn situation. Do you know what I mean by Red Dawn? When the Russians parachute, or in modern case, maybe the Cubans parachute into the Capitol with submachine guns. Boy, was there a failure of the Capitol Police yesterday to protect senators and House of Representatives. little too easy to get into that building. It was designed to be easy to get into. I've been in it numerous times. I've seen senators lock the hall and, whoop, too close. But yesterday you saw armed guards like, oh, yeah, come on in. We're not going to do anything because let's just face it. There's one of us in 100 of you. A lot going on in the news. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Musk overtakes Jeff Bezos, the world's richest person. Fascinating. That happened fast. Good to be number one. Number two gets to see number one and catch him. One has to look over his shoulder. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing in Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Earlier in the show, I talked about inflation being the boogeyman, the thing that I fear the most. I can give you a great example of inflation televisions. Somehow they've always managed to carry this price tag of $300 to $600. And you can get really high-end ones for $2,000, but not a lot more. I haven't shot for a TV in a few years. But you can get a 24-inch TV now that's $300. You can throw it by a treadmill. You can put it in your bathroom. I don't know where you'd put a 24-inch TV because we want 50-inch TVs, 100-inch TVs, which I think are gaudy. But that's just me. Um, I remember when 24-inch color TVs were 600, 800 bucks. Now they're 200, 300 dollars. And when you start thinking about it, the glass, the manufacturing, the people getting paid, the electronics, the electricity, the transportation, there's not a lot of profit in a $300 TV. In real terms, the price of TV has declined about 90% over the last 30 years. When you start factoring in that we're getting more hedonistic adjustments inside of it, that's where it gets a little bit complicated. And that's why I'm telling you, we tend to undercount inflation. We tend to not think about things in our lives that are inflating and that we're going to have to cover the, the cost of. TVs are an example where prices have declined over the years. In healthcare and education, prices have risen over the years. And I would say disproportionately to TVs. I don't think education, and this is a political comment right here. This is an opinion. This is op-ed. I don't think our college and our healthcare system are any better than they were 20 years ago, even though the costs are higher. Now, I'll say this. The quality of resources available to education, the quality of resources in drugs and medical equipment and doctor's education are amazing. But when you break an arm and it costs $1,000 where it used to cost you, you know, $200, it's still the same kind of treatment, right? And we, we kind of feel like, oh, I'm in the waiting room. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So the areas where we see the worst inflation that really hurt our, our economy, child care rings in, in my opinion, at number four. 
at number three, college textbooks. Number two, college tuition and fees. Number one, the most heinous form of uh, inflation in our society is hospital services. I had a kid who probably had poo-poo on his pee-pee and got an infection into his um, uh, circulatory system, essentially. Lymph nodes. Don't ask me what a lymph does. Don't ask me where lymph nodes are. I know there's more than one. I know they work in tandem. I know they, if problems get inside them like infections, you can die. So when he went in, I, I thought insurance was going to like say, oh, here it is. It ended up being like a $60,000 bill because the healthcare system is broken on a lot of levels. The hospital services costs, we don't know. It's it's kind of blind to us. And like, it literally, we thought he was going to get some antibiotics and it ended up being a seven day stay in the hospital. Fortunately, they wanted to protect themselves and protect the child's life. Unfortunately, that seems ludicrous for a little poo poo on this BP. I'm trying not to get in trouble. Areas of inflation that don't bother me much, housing. New cars is starting to become more problematic. Average new cars over $40,000 right now. Americans love new cars. Wireless telephone services, in theory, we're getting more for less. There's not a lot of inflation there. I remember paying $200 a month for a phone bill. Now I'm paying for a family of four. Toys are getting cheaper. Televisions are getting cheaper. And again, this is on the quality of the product versus the price of the product. So it gets very, very complicated. A pandemic is a time when we should see deflation, where prices should drop across the board. People have saved quite a bit of money during the pandemic. Once it's over, they're going to spend that money and we're going to see, boom, inflation. Technological improvements in society, sometimes you'll hear me talk about productivity numbers. That's another way of saying people have emails instead of snail mail. People have computers doing Word documents instead of typewriters. Those technological improvements have created productivity gains, which help offset inflation. This isn't the easiest thing to talk about on radio. It's not the easiest thing to show you on slides. The price of corn in the last year it's gone from $3.82 a bushel to $4.82 a bushel. That's 30 plus percent, right? A lot of commodity charts look like that. So it is the belief of many economists that in the next year, we're going to see a pickup in inflation. Oh, by the way, back into my inflation areas that are problems, hospital services, colleges, college textbooks, childcare, nurseries. Then you get into hourly earnings, not keeping up with the things above it. Hourly earnings are keeping up with food, keeping up with furnishings, keeping up with cell phones, keeping up with toys, televisions, but not with hospital services, college tuitions, and college textbooks. That would be an area of interest of Biden overhauling the college system, just starting to attack the textbooks companies, right? I remember going to the college textbook store or the college bookstore and just being appalled at how much books cost. Used books, that's a, that's a racket. So commodity prices have a lot further to run is the thought. A lot of economists are going to start talking about inflation in 2021. I want you to be aware of it. I don't want you to like worry about it. We've handed out a lot of money in our society, PPE loans, enhanced unemployment benefits, stimulus checks. Sooner or later, that all finds its way into the economy. 
What, when does the Fed act? When do they not act? Good questions. I want you to understand inflation. Energy still has some ways to move energy stocks. Corn doesn't translate into grocery stores. Higher corn prices doesn't translate into grocery stores making more money. Uh, so it's not as easy as saying follow inflation. But know that the consumer has less money in inflationary periods, making some discretionary more important than non-discretionary for sure. Pandemic hurt non-discretionary issues in our life more so than discretionary. Oh boy, this is complicated. It's it. I try to help. I'm Rob Black. Talk to all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Okay, let's talk about one of the things that I fear the most. Clowns now, I'm good. Inflation. You've heard me say this before. I grew up loving horror movies. Um, my family had Showtime years before many other families did. I believe I remember seeing it in 1976, 1977, watching ESPN roll out, things along those lines. But when you, we had a movie channel because we lived on military bases. My father is, was ex-army or army. And um, military bases were easy to wire up for cable because the housing was contained literally within a fenced area. And houses were clumped together. So cable companies were like, let's test everything out on these guys. Remember that we used to have rabbit ears. But I, I grew up watching horror movies because, you know, dad would go to sleep. I'd sneak out and flip the cable box on, which is kind of a funny thing because it had a left to right switch. Um, you had to put it on channel three. And then suddenly <clears throat> you were in the cable universe versus the antenna universe. It promised crystal clear clarity and no commercials. TV originally had no commercials was the plan concept. Well, that kind of evolved, right? So where do I go with this? So I snuck out watch horror movies. And if, if Freddy Krueger was good, Jason Voorhees I thought was the best. Michael Myers I never cared about. Um, I've studied – as much as I can study. I'm one of those people who is like a Burgess Meredith from the Twilight Zone. My dream is to have the rest of the world go away and leave me in the New York Metropolitan Library. And then sadly enough, my glasses get crushed and I can't read any books, even though I just want to sit there and read books. So reading literature, I learned throughout my life that monsters are a reflection of society. And this is not a commentary on Trump, but if you want to create a commentary on Trump being a reflection of society, go ahead. Um, but monsters are a reflection on society. You know, um, Dracula was a reflection that, uh, he turned away from God when his love spurned him. And then God's like, oh yeah, you don't want to be holy. You want love, but you don't want everything else that I, I offer you. Eh, you not appreciative, uh, count. I'm going to make you live forever. Took away his mortality and turned him into a person who could only live at night. Um, that was what. It was a reflection. Vampires were a reflection of people turning away from God. Frankenstein was a fear of doctors. As the world progressed from the Stone Ages, we learned, hey, if you sharpen a, a rock, we can cut you open and take your, your gallbladder out if we have to. You know, we can uh, change your knees. We can uh, 
uh, we could fix you through surgery. That was a reflection. Society was freaked out about doctors. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was literature that was tied towards uh, the fear of chemistry and the fear of pharmaceuticals to fabricate positive outcomes for people's health. So there's a rich history of monsters and how they reflect society. And really, they're just reflecting us is the idea. So my big fear of watching horror movies was, you know, uh, Jason, he was like, what? What's up there? Like, he, he didn't really, he was indestructible, and he just was trying to kill teenagers fun. <laughs> That's what seems like he was a party pooper, machete-wielding, hockey mask-wearing psycho. And then you get into Freddy Krueger, and you get into, like, the dream state of, things that we want and don't want and things that we want to have and possess and how dream life is better than real life except for nope not so much this time but my big boogeyman it's not those guys it's inflation and i'm gonna show you where inflation really rears its ugly head um it's killing the haves and the have-nots it's separating the it's the, the distance between them that hurts the most and i get it and that's tied towards inflation the wage inflation of the wealthy versus the wage inflation of the uh, middle to low income. The average price of a car right now is $40,000. The average American makes about $56,700 a year. When I was a little boy, I remember maybe 12, 13, 14, going with my dad to buy a car. And I remember him just stressed. It was $14,000. Um he was upset. He remembered buying a car before that for $10,000. Now the average car is $40,000. And Americans are switching from passenger cars to more expensive SUVs because, in my opinion, we're fat Oompa Loompas. If we all weighed 160 pounds and we're thin and svelte like elks, eh, maybe sedans would get us by. But nope. We need the more expensive SUVs. With prices rising, the average down payment on new cars, trucks, and SUVs reached an all-time high in the fourth quarter. At the same time, the average amount borrowed to finance a new vehicle is close to an all-time high. The bottom line is that Americans with financial wherewithal to buy a new ride are still enthusiastic about it despite the ongoing pandemic. We still love our cars. There's going to be questions on how much do we drive going forward if we are a stay-at-home or work-at-home kind of society or at least a bastardized from nine to five. That's the, the, that's the song of the pandemic, right? Working nine to five in my jorts and my slippers. I know you're saying, did you just use the word jorts in a sentence? I did. Jean shorts. I've been waiting to use that for a while. But the have and have nots. The down payments are getting bigger. The average price of a car is, is 80% of the average American's paycheck, 75%. That's And the housing's going up and food costs are going up. I get it. People that are in the new car market are somewhat insulated from the downturn experienced by the pandemic. It's almost like we have two different countries within the country. People are buying new houses, buying new cars versus other folks who are perhaps in the service industry and struggling. And I see a lot of what's happening right now in society with the Capitol building as a reflection of what's happening in our economy. Um, the average new vehicle buyer borrowed $35,000 and placed a down payment of $4,700 in the fourth quarter. 
a lot of it has to do with cheap money, the Federal Reserve keeping the cost of money low. You can actually still finance $35,000 at 2 or 3 or 4%. If you were to finance that at 6 7 8 9%, you'd be like, too much money, too much money, I can't afford that. Or at least it would it'd push out a couple more buyers. Autobakers, once known for passenger cars, they're changing. The Chevy Cruze, the Ford Focus, the Honda Fit, the Volkswagen Beetle, they've been discontinued. SUVs like the Chevy Blazer, the Ford Bronco, the Honda Passport, the Volkswagen Atlas have been created from scratch. So the car industry is responding to people's love affair, maybe with the wrong thing. When I see, and I know this is, let's go hashtag me too turned off. I used to say this 20 years ago. I said, I used to find it really sexy when some, oh, young woman, good looking young woman would pull up in a car next to me and it was just a beater. It was a car that was 15 years old. You could tell that her dad got it for her and he's probably changed the oil for and like he's helping, you know, her meet ins, but she's got the, the liberty of a vehicle, which brings us up to Bruce Springsteen's Thunder Road. The idea of getting on a road with a girl and driving across the country and leaving your problems behind and leaving the world behind is just the sexiest romantic thing in the world. So, I am attracted to used cars. I'm attracted to frugal. And yet I just did a story about how the average car is getting more and more out of the reach of people. The average people. Or we have a segment at society. I want to go back to a quick thing that I was trying to bring up at the end of last segment. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announcing proposal to enable online sports wagering. And New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announcing uh, a cannabis program proposal. I'm off of the cars. I'm off of inflation. But that's the biggest worry that I have is that you don't save enough money so that you can continue to buy a new car, so you can continue to to have rent increase on yours, so that you can continue to um, have nice groceries. That's the purpose of the show is to beat inflation. I want to kill the boogeyman. Then I switched the topic to Andrew Cuomo saying sports wagering. MGM, Penn National Gaming, DraftKings are the obvious plays to me. Andrew Cuomo announcing a cannabis program proposal. Sorry. Too many people were uh, burned in the last big movement, 2018, of legalizing marijuana. 2017 elections, 2018. Tilray. Uh-uh. Um. CGC is probably the most prominent name in marijuana. But one of the areas that I want to talk about that's tied towards this is opportunity. With a new president, we're going to see stimulus. There's going to be a lot of stocks that do well because of this. We're going to see more stimulus. I think eventually we're going to see an infrastructure program. And I think eventually we're going to see more of a green energy program. That seems to be the thought, but again, everything's so dysfunctional right now, I'm not 100% sure. But Cuomo saying, let's go after sports gambling, feels better to me than Cuomo saying, let's let's open up cannabis. Because I've learned that growing marijuana is easy, not from direct experience, but from indirect experience. It's a weed, right? Um, Scott's Miracle Grow, ticker symbol SMG, is a trade on marijuana. Or you can go after Canopy Growth Corporation. But before you go after Canopy Growth, which is the biggest supplier of marijuana, look back at their stock, okay? 
Um, five years ago, it was a $2 stock. Today, it's a $31 stock. That's great growth. But it, in between it, at one point in time, it went as high as 48 and then crashed down to 14. You got to know that when you take a look at the chart, 14 is the bottom. That's, that's the only thing I can see. It's at 31 right now. Do I think it goes higher? I do. I do think states across the country, countries across the planet are going to have to look at ways of raising revenue. I think the easiest way to do it is like, let's push the line one step further than we're currently at. Let's push alcohol to marijuana, not to crack cocaine, but down the road, maybe crack cocaine, but not today. Today we're pushing it to marijuana. little sarcasm, ladies and gentlemen, be careful. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Can't knock the hustle. Sometime in the next two to three months, I'm going to be starting a new podcast, maybe a new blog to complement it. It's going to be a recap of the day's action on the blog. Because I do the morning show where you can catch what the morning what the action is. But the podcast is going to be much more strategically oriented, focusing on topics like investing, insurance, state planning, picking stocks, understanding economics. Won't have any breaking news in it. That'll be about an hour a week, I believe. It will be programmed as a podcast. Versus programmed as a radio show turned into a podcast. Um, hopefully, I'm able to pass something on to you. That's my goal. Anyhow, and anyway, recently I've been talking about the beginning of the year and how we as a nation tend to like predictions. Top 10 lists and predictions are meant for each other. Top 10 craziest dates you've ever been on, top 10 best investments. They kind of all work together, right? They're kind of titillating and sexy. So one of the stocks that I think will have a very good 2021, 2022, because I always look 12 to 18 months out, because I'm not going to say 12 months, because you're going to call me about in a year and say it didn't work out exactly like I wanted it to. I want to give it a little bit more time. Let it stretch its legs. Live Nation, Ticketmaster has been hit hard by the pandemic. Cancellations of live concerts like Lady Gaga's Summer 2020, Chromatica Tour. Ticketmaster got hit when the Rockettes, the Radio City Rockettes, no Christmas spectacular. Sporting events without fans meant no tickets to add on service fees, no tickets to do resale fees on. When you're getting a piece of the action of a $5,000 Stanley Cup playoff or a $10,000 Super Bowl ticket, Live Nation got hit hard. I expect a normalization of the concert activity as we get a normalization of the economy. Most people are saying Memorial Day 2021 as that is the target date at this point in time. Keep in mind, back in March of 2020, Gavin Newsom, and I, you could like him, you can hate him, I don't care. He said something striking to me. I'm nonpartisan. He didn't say it to me. He said it to the world. He said, there's going to be no sports or concerts in California by Thanksgiving. No way. 
don't even think about it. And we're all like, la, 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 let's get through the summer. He'll be wrong. He'll be wrong. He'll be wrong. Then we got in the fall and there was no concerts or live sporting events. So now we're starting to push the target realistically out to 2021 Memorial Day. And that's when Live Nation should say, hey, we're going to have concert promotions. We're going to do, you're going to see a lot from them. I'm not telling you to go out and buy them. I'm telling them, follow them. So cost cuts made during the pandemic will allow Live Nation's revenue to fall to the bottom line. They did a big renegotiation where basically if events get canceled at the event, it's on either the venue, but particularly on the artist. They're not going to make up the cost. They're not going to cover it. Artists, through digitization of Napster and other services through the years, Apple Music, they're not making a lot of money from streaming. They make a lot of money from going out and selling tickets to concerts. Which, again, is the haves and have-nots, because if you're a, a concert touring band, you have it better off than, say, a regional band or a local city band as far as avenues of making a business living. And all you have to do is see the Rolling Stones, for an example, right, or Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews and the Rolling Stones aren't relevant on the music scene in any way, shape, or form, and yet they're two of the biggest concert draws. They're two of the richest concert draws. So you're going to see a lot of things like stock ideas. American Express, their credit card business was hurt by less spending and travel during the pandemic. Business remains tough. Revenues fell 20%. Income to 40%. American Express should benefit from the reopening of the global economy. But do we expect them to get to 2019 levels anytime soon? No. So the difference between uh, Live Nation and American Express is business is going to be a little more cautious, whereas teenagers are going to want to go to concerts. Men are going to want to go to football games. Women are going to want to go to the ballets. I know you're saying, you're incredibly sexist today, Rob. I'm trying to be overly generic. AutoZone, with people's lives returning to a more normal routine, they'll start driving again. When they start driving, miles will increase on their cars. When miles increase on their cars... That should create more wear and tear, sending us to AutoZone to do tune-ups and oil changes and lights and things like that. Crazy, right? Elsewhere, maybe you'd want to look at something like a WWE. That's right, brother! I'm talking SmackDown! They haven't been able to do a live event, but they've been able to streamline their business and stay in business. They generate an amazing amount of revenue with TV contracts that still are in place. Pay-per-view events are key. WWE makes money from content deals with broadcasters. Revenue comes in even if arena events aren't able to pull in the arena tickets. Networks pay a lot of money to air WWE content because you have a captive audience of young people age 6 to 14 maybe. This could be an opportunity. Again, is it for you? I don't know. But these are all things you need to start thinking about. Do you want to start thinking about healthcare services? Ticker symbol HCSG. Strong national presence serves less than 20% of the nursing homes in America as they have a long runway after the pandemic. So I just want you to start thinking of ideas because we are in the transition of a presidency and we will have a transition from a virus shutdown pandemic to a virus uh, being distributed vaccine to a reopening. We're in transition. Transitions are great areas to make money on Wall Street. 
great ways to accumulate wealth, great ways to like help protect yourself against worst case scenarios. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com.